Well, good morning to you. Um, thank you for having us. No, I'm not a new staff member. Yes, I used to be a staff member. I'm really glad to be with you. My name is Brad Wright. I'll tell you more about my story as we sort of get into the sermon, but really grateful to be with you this morning. And um, we're going to continue right on with our series. So we're at Romans chapter 5. You know, Romans chapter 1, Paul talks about how God's glory has been revealed. He can be known in the creation and how we treat one another, how we think about one another. Romans 2 and 3, Paul talks about our approach to God. If you approach God on your own terms, you're just going to miss the boat altogether. God wants you to approach Him on His terms, you know, under His His uh, promises that are made really to Abraham and to us, um, and this kind of common reality that we all experience of sin. Romans 3.23 if you remember, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That everybody knows what it's like to not be perfect. Like we all know what that's like. Romans 4, Paul talks about Abraham's faith and this covenant promise God makes. And then, you know, Kyle Price had a lot of other great stuff last week. And then we come to Romans chapter 5. And so let me read this to you and then we'll pray together and work through it. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also boast, we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see... Just at right, the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let's pray together. Father, we do give You thanks for Your Word and pray You would use it to shape our hearts and our understanding of Your love for us and Your call upon us to love one another. We Pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so in 2004, um, my wife and I began to have this conversation with this guy named David Wilcher. And, um, you know, I, it's a long story, but it gets, it's really long. I'm telling you the short, long story of it. Uh, I heard about this place called The Woodlands. I knew nothing about it whatsoever. It sounded like a place with elves or something. I don't know, The Woodlands. And Jamie's like, oh, no, 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 I know the Woodlands. She grew up in Houston down at Memorial. Um, and she goes, the Woodlands is awesome. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. So David flies in. We meet with him. We send him home with our daughter. You know, she flies with him home and sees family or whatever. And um, we kind of began this journey of getting to know what the Woodlands is about and what this church is about. We lived right over here off of Queenscliff Court. You know, we just walked to and from church. Like, we loved being here. For three years, we were kind of among this church and here. And I learned a lot of things here. I learned how pine trees can fall over when the wind blows too much um, and crush houses. That happened in our neighborhood. I hope that hasn't happened to you, but it, but it might have. Um, we learned about how people care for each other. I remember a water main blowing in my house and David Wilcher rushing over and getting soaked and fixing that for us. I remember 
having an issue with our dog and you know, who else do you call? We call Doc Moore and he comes over and yanks out this hangnail. And then I had these incredible roles by Sonny Young. Like I could go on and on and on about things we learned being here in this place. But one of the things we really experienced and one of the things that we really learned to make central to our lives was the very name, the very concept that this church is named after. The idea of grace. Like grace is everything. If you miss the idea of grace, you miss God's approach to you. If you don't wrestle with grace on a regular basis, you're not understanding what it means to follow God at all. Uh, if, you, if you miss grace, I don't know what it is you're following, but it's, it's not what we talk about here in this place, a place called grace. And I remember asking David Wilcher, I was like, okay, like, why did you name the church grace? And he said, well, Bradley, you know, like he does, um, grace is all we have. That's all we have is Grace. And if it's not enough for you, then you're never going to find what you're looking for here. So what, why is grace such a big deal? We were loved in incredible ways being in this church. And I'm convinced it's because the concept, the reality, the presence of God's grace permeates it. Um, even today, some of our favorite people are sitting in this room. We are so grateful for that. So, looking at Romans 5, what we're going to talk about is the idea of grace and a couple of concepts that can function as like an antithesis to grace. So, how does grace, what is grace, and what are things that sort of can take the feet out from under what grace is in our lives if we're not aware, if we're not careful? So looking at Romans 5 here, what do we learn about grace? Verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So first, we have been justified through faith. So this idea of justification, we talk a lot about that in reform circles, but everybody cares about the concept of justification. Everybody cares about being rightly understood, being represented accurately, the truth being told about who we are, and, and we're not interested in false accusations. Like We appreciate the reality of being just, of being justified. You know, if you, as you, if you pay attention to the news cycle at all right now with what's going on with the election, people very much want to clarify what's said here and, and you know, point out what wasn't said there. Like, everybody's interested in being rightly understood. Well, in one sense, the, the concept of being justified or justification has to do with a right understanding of who God is and who we are before Him. And I, you know what that's like. I could get list a ton of examples, but... I remember this one time I was riding with my son Walker in the middle of nowhere, Texas, like you know, way out past El Campo, and I got pulled over in a little town because this police officer accused me of going 45 and a 35. And I was like, listen, that's too slow anyway. The speed limit's wrong. Like, you know, I made all sorts of reasons why it wasn't that bad. And the whole time, Walker's just looking at me going, huh, interesting. So like the officer get, let me off the hook, and I was like, oh, we got out of that. And Walker was like, yeah, but you were speeding. And he was right. Like, no amount of excuses I could make, no sort of rationalization I could make. Like, my six-year-old was like, dude, here's reality. You are not who you say you are. Like, you're going too fast. It's what it is. You know, it's constant in our lives. And Paul says to us here that the reality of being just before God, of having peace with God, comes to us by faith. By faith. Not by arguments. Not by proving ourselves. Not by scheming and, and trying to swindle or work a deal with God. That's not what God is interested in. God is interested in us standing before Him 
peacefully, resting in what His Son has done for us. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says. Peace. The antithesis to chaos, to conflict, to disorder, to angst. Peace takes the legs out from under anxiety. It's meant to remind us of who God really is and who we really are before Him. A peace that is from God. The kind of peace that we only have access to by faith, but it's the kind of peace that can actually heal and restore and comfort and bring hope. If you're a Christian, if you're part of the church, um, you have experienced this kind of peace. And you know the way you describe it in experiences to other people helps them really understand who God is because we're not selling a brand of Christianity here. We're interested in people accessing God's grace and experiencing His peace. Have you accessed that kind of peace? You know, one of, you, may, you don't know this probably about us, but my wife and I love to go, go to Colorado. We take our kids to Colorado every summer. We go as often as we can. I'd consider it North Texas, basically. It's just like part of you know, the great country of Texas or whatever. And so we go up there as often as we can. And if, if you were to go there with me, and we were driving out Highway 70 from Denver, and we came into Idaho Springs, I would begin telling you about the smells and the taste and the experience you're going to have when we go to Bojo's Pizza. It is not just a pizza place. It is mountain pies. Like, that's not an understatement. They're like this thick, and they're incredible. And once you plow through that chicken pesto pizza or whatever they make for you, that big pie, then you come to the crust. And the crust, they have like honey that has cinnamon in it that you pour on the crust, and then you eat the crust, and it's divine. And you pair that with like the the Tommyknocker Brewery that has these beers there and Coors Light, which is made there, and it's like, next stop heaven. I mean, it's perfect. And if you came, I, can, I mean, like, I can tell you everything about that place. We've been for so many years, and if we went there, I would want you to experience it. Have you experienced the grace of God, the peace of God, in such a way that the first thing that comes to your mind when someone has a struggle or a difficulty is for you to say, I just want them to know the peace of God. I want them to access this grace that I've accessed. I want them to understand the depths of God's affections for them, and that's available to them because of what Christ has done. Paul says here, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. You have access to a divine place with divine peace by grace because of what Jesus has done. One of my favorite verses um, is Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14 which says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and yes to an upright and godly life. What's the key to the spiritual life? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. It teaches us to say no. It teaches us to say yes. It is all about God's grace. If that seems too simple for you, you're starting to get it. If it seems like an understatement, you're beginning to see through whatever it is you thought was supposed to be plus that grace. Whatever that is. I don't know. Whatever it is. God intends for you to have access to Him by grace and through faith. It is the key to our spirituality. And it's a message that our culture cares to hear. As Christians, it's what God offers us in Christ. Let me read you a song. This was written, this was published this year. My kids listen to this music. They like this guy's music. If you don't know it, it doesn't matter. If you do, you'll, you'll cue in. But this is what he said. He's like 22 years old. He's a hip-hop artist. And he said this in this song. They say they want to read my mind. Do you really want to read my mind? I promise all you will find is a lost soul, rich and blind. 
I know I have a purpose, but I don't see the purpose. What does God's grace have to say to that young man? So young, already so cynical. God's grace has to say to him, there is peace. This purpose, this desire that you feel for significance, it's not vanity. God made you that way. God wants you to access it. To access His grace by faith. So, there are a couple things that can, un- that can kind of act as an antithesis to grace that I think that Paul talks about here. Let me mention just a couple of them. One is wrong words. Wrong words. You know, how, do you th- how do you think of yourself before God? If you had to like describe yourself, how does God see you? What kind of words would you come up with? God intends for you to understand that He wants you to see yourself as justified by faith. As a person who has peace with Him through the Lord Jesus. And Paul even talks here about how we are enemies. And while we're enemies, God still loves us. I can't tell you how many times my mind has gone down this logic of, well, that person's a certain level of ugly and I'm not interested in engaging with them anymore. That person's just been this way and so I'm justified in acting this way. While we were yet His enemies, Christ died for us. There's no one not worthy of our grace and love because God has been gracious and loving to us. It's the paradigm for how we approach others. So wrong words can confuse us. False securities. Anybody have a a security in the past couple weeks that you might get $2.2 billion? Anybody feel that? I remember talking to my brother. He bought tickets in Missouri for this big lotto. He's like, dude, think about what we can do. We like skiing. We came up with all these great things that we would do. Let me give you a little perspective here. Maybe someone's already talked about this a little bit. But, but here it is. You have a better chance of being struck by lightning, one in a million, killed by a hippopotamus, one in 2.5 million, have identical quadruplets, one in 15 million, than winning one of the two lotteries, which is one in 300 million. I'm not saying it can't happen. It can. You could also have quadruplets. You could also get killed by a hippopotamus. You could also go struck. You see what I'm saying? We have to calibrate the reality of who we are so that we can figure out what we can really cling to. There will be so many things in this life, in this culture, that will tell you, cling to this, it'll make you happy. Do this, you'll feel good. Don't be gracious here, they don't deserve There will be all these things that will come up. God has these words for you. Through Him, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Whatever it is you're triggered by today, I don't know what it's going to be, God is calling you to calibrate that to the reality of the security He offers you in Jesus so you can begin to experience His grace. Lastly, the idea of blind trust. Is God calling us to have blind trust? Paul talks here about suffering. I'm looking around here. I know a lot of you have suffered deeply. Paul's not talking about the kind of suffering like a hangnail. He's talking about gut-wrenching, soul-stretching, really difficult stuff. And what he has is an answer to it. Not that you are supposed to smile and grin and bear it, but rather, he intends to be gracious to you in the midst of suffering. To take even something as horrible as suffering and not let it be in vain. Not only so, verse 3, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame. God has no interest in you experiencing shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Spirit who has been given to us. God intends for you not to have blind trust. He intends for you to have actual trust in what He said. Listen, 
You are going to have to calibrate your soul to God's truths. You're going to have to know His words. That's why we preach the Word every week at Grace. Because you need that. You've got to calibrate to it. And you will need to calibrate to it. Constantly checking the heart against your own conclusions, your own sense of logic, whatever other schemes you've come up with, come back to this story of God's grace for you. We have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me close with this story and then just send you with this final comment. Um, I told you we like to go to Colorado, so I, I just like talking about it. But one of the things my sons and I have gotten into over the past few years is dirt biking in Colorado. And so we dirt bike in Colorado. Don't worry, it's not quite as dangerous as you think, but it's a little bit dangerous. But we go in southwestern Colorado in an area called Montrose. And if you can just imagine like a video game, like desert with like no limits, and you just ride wherever you want, and there's trails. There are, there's incredible things to see. I mean, little bitty, you know, animals and stuff, but like, huge dunes with these trails that you ride to the top of and you just see the world and you feel like you're on Mars and I'm there with my sons which brings me a lot of joy and we're just like enjoying creation together. It's absolutely beautiful. There's something really important to know if you ever do this. Don't ignore the arrows. Don't ignore the arrows. Some of these dunes are 250, 300 feet up and there are real paths lead left, lead right, and they look the same. And the one to the right will lead to an edge that has a 150-foot drop-off. But you won't see it until you've throttled through it. And you're in the air going, oops. If you follow the path that has the arrow, then you'll see amazing things. You'll see views that you'll remember forever. Uh, you'll make it to the other side of the dunes and crawl up other ones if you follow the arrows. Listen, God's arrow for you his word that is given to you, the grace that he offers in Christ, it's meant to direct your steps so that it might go well with you. And so that's, that's my encouragement to you. If you never read the Scriptures during the week, read Romans 5 again this week and think about these words, that God desires to lead you on a path toward peace as you rest in his grace. Let's pray together. Father, we do approach You this morning and ask that You would be gracious to us. Would You remind us of Your presence, teach us Your ways, convince us again that there is peace to be found in Your promises to us. We ask all this in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen.